Slam for Monday, November 30th, 2020. Got a belly full of lasagna and apple pie, and I'm here to talk to you about AW Dynamite Wednesday, November 25th, 2020, from Daly's Place, Jacksonville, Florida. Just two days away from uh, Winter is Coming, special edition of Dynamite, which will be uh, airing on December 2nd. A day late and a dollar short, as I always like to say, let's light the fuse. Dynamite. JR welcomes us. Hangman's music hits. John Silver is uh, the man of the hour here entering. Alongside five Dark Order members, he will face Hangman in mere seconds from now. Silver cuts a promo in picture-in-picture. Picture. What a goofus. Silver and Hangman run the uh, the ropes, ending with Silver doing his gun show pose in Hangman's face. Hangman smiles and lights him up with a right hand. Tony hypes the contract signing tonight between Moxley and Omega. The second attempt, as it were, as Moxley was laid out in the back last week and unable to sign the contract. Silver with a snap German suplex on Hangman. So quick. Babyface future uh, for this John Silver. I think it seems pretty uh, cut and dry at this point. Hangman comes off Brett's rope with a clothesline and sends Silver to the floor. Hangman with a cross body tosses Silver back into the ring, sliding Lariat for a two count. Samoan drop shooting star press, another two count. It's clear that Silver is no longer purely considered a Dark Order jobber with all these... Uh, all this kicking out he's doing here. Uh, Hangman looking for the buckshot. Silver hits a Hurricanrana counter. Silver uh, goes for the pin. Near fall. Silver hits a brain buster for another near fall. Uh, Silver with momentum and a flurry of strikes. The balance of the match is shifting. Desperate clothesline by Hangman. Liger bomb. Near fall. Silver kicks out. Looks for the buckshot and hits it. Hangman does. One, two, three. And Hangman Page wins this exciting opener. Evil Uno gets on the mic here after the match, compares the actions of the Elite towards him, Hangman Adam Page, as someone trying to break free of a cult. Uh, Tongue-in-cheek here. Uh, says he and his friends in the Dark Order are here for him if he's interested in open invitation to Hangman Adam Page to join the Dark Order. And that was the end of this. They didn't jump him or beat him up, uh, which is like the first match in how many matches that, uh, that that hasn't happened. Tonight... Hawk and Phoenix versus Butcher and Blade. Sheeta versus Anna Jay for the AEW Women's Championship. Powerhouse Will Hobbs in action tonight. And that is Powerhouse Will Hobbs. Or actually more correctly, Powerhouse, Powerhouse Hobbs. You know, it should be Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, he's lost Will. Will has been dropped from his name and replaced with Powerhouse. Uh, in terms of a, a first name better than Millhouse. I guess, in terms of houses as first name. Uh, Jericho and Hagar versus SCU, which will consist of Kisarian and uh, Daniels tonight. And then the hybrid two will fight top flight. Potent, I didn't know it. Now we go to Kenny Omega with Alex Marvez backstage. Omega says, uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. References his match with Moxley one year ago. Says the difference now is Moxley has his face all over the magazines. The common thread is what Moxley has and what Omega doesn't, the AEW championship. He's clawed his way back into contention. He needs the belt to be taken seriously. Uh, for one, uh, for one night only, damn it, please leave the garbage wrestling at home, says Omega. Uh, you want to be the best, beat me in the ring, do it based on your ability. I'll be waiting in the ring for your response later tonight. Omega, uh, is a real slimy heel here. It's subtle. Uh, he's got this weird superiority complex, the, the entire way he carries himself, his entrance, everything here. Uh, he, he's, he's, yeah, it, it's the guy who is the best in the world who doesn't have the thing that says he's best in the world. And whether or not he can he can actually beat Moxley for this thing, who on on you know in his own right, he's been tearing it up. 
Uh, before Omega leaves, he references Moxley's childhood story and closes with the statement that his dad could beat up Moxley's dad. Classic. Uh, next week, Moxley and Omega. They, they plugged that a few times during the show. And also, Cody Rhodes and Darby Allen versus Team Taz, which will be Starks and Hobbs. Back from commercial, Darby Allen narrates over a black and white video, messes around with a skateboard, and lights a car on fire. You know, Darby Allen stuff, his things. List of things to do. Uh, the visual of him holding the TNT Championship in front of the burning car at the end here, where the flames uh, are the only thing in color, uh, is actually pretty great. This looks look kind of badass, I don't know. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs enters with Taz. Poor Lee Johnson here stands across the ring from Hobbs. Hobbs splashes Johnson and sets the tone for the match. Hobbs, to Hobbs tosses Johnson from the ring, murders him by throwing him into the barricades. Back in the ring, Hobbs hits a massive slam and squashes this poor man. One, two, three for the pin. Nothing wrong with a big man squash match. Taz enters the ring with a mic, asks for the music to be shut off after it already has been. Taz uh, tells Hobbs to go celebrate his win as he has some business to take care of. He's got a problem. The problem is the FTW Championship and that AEW isn't acknowledging what it is. He's tired of the disrespect. He's not leaving until someone from management comes out and legitimizes the belt. Taz continues on. His mic is cut. Taz calls for Justin Roberts to give him his mic because that mic uh, can't be muted, surely. Um... <laughs> If they cut this mic, Taz says, uh, he will grab an announcer mic, like a headset, because uh, they won't turn that off. He knows how things work here. I don't know what he's implying with that. Uh, but Justin's mic, sure enough, turns off. Taz is beside himself in anger, and Cody appears on the ramp. Cody says there's already a match announced next week for his boys. What more does he want? And to stop whining. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, Cody promises to run his concern up the flagpole. What's next, Cody? Creative has nothing for me. Best of luck in my future endeavors. Uh, referencing very common... Uh, t terms uh, used by WWE with uh, talent they are no longer uh, interested in, thing lines they are fed. I don't know if you need to keep doing this. It's always Taz doing it, so maybe that makes it okay. It's like a shtick. Uh, Cody is pissed now. If FTW is so wonderful, why is your son Hook training with me, Cody, instead of you? Now, there's a lot to unpack in this one statement. First of all, Taz has a son named Hook, and that Hook has been training to be a pro wrestler, not with his father, Taz, but with Cody Rhodes. Taz off mic now uh, says he's shocked. That's pathetic. That's stupid what you did. Cody turns his back on Taz as uh, the segment draws to a close. However, Taz, uh, of course, here, a little too hot, locks in the Taz mission on Cody. Cody sells this before it's properly locked in, which is always fun. The gun club runs in to assist Cody. Taz and Hook, I presume, vacate the arena uh, or area. Uh, this was fine. I like the performances by everybody here, uh, but I feel Brian Cage uh, could have been involved uh, and been the one to attack Cody, in, ultimately at the end. Uh, Taz is great on the mic, obviously. Cody Rhodes is very natural in this role here, where he's just like a manager trying to deal with his, his whiny employee. This is all fine. I just want to see less from the mouthpieces of these groups and more from the, the talent, uh, the young wrestlers and stuff. Nothing against Taz whatsoever. He's absolutely fantastic, and this was great. Um... That's it. Back from break, JR throws to Eddie Kingston and Alex Marvez in the back. Marvez asks him how it feels to lose two members of his family to the returning Pac. Of course, referring to the uh, reuniting of the Death Triangle uh, last last episode. Uh, Eddie starts talking shit, but is interrupted by John Moxley, who excuses Marvez from the interview. It wasn't me. You know who it was, Kingston uh, tells Moxley in reference to the attack last night. Uh, and you have your own stuff to handle, he tells Moxley, and they, they kind of get out of each other's face here. Um, I, 
remember this because I have a I have a theory at the end of this show uh, to come back to. This wasn't here for no reason. Um, let's just put it that way. I think there's there's something to play into the finish of Omega with with Archer and Kingston that will carry us the next few months to the next major pay per view in February, where maybe um, that is where Moxley will actually lose the belt. I don't I don't know. I don't know. Top Flight versus the Hybrid Two. And Helico and Jack Evans take control of the match through picture-in-picture to start this off. Dante and Darius are the members of Top Flight. Young brothers, 19 and 21, respectively, I believe. Young babies. Dante gets a hot tag to Darius and Top Flight gets to work. The announced team doing a good job here putting over the young Top Flight, who I believe uh, have been signed with AEW since this match was aired. Uh, I think this is a pre-recorded show. At least the crowd sweetening and how good the sound of the show would, uh, would have me believe. And I believe they were actually signed. Um, uh, uh, I could be wrong. Powerbomb and Nearfall on Jack Evans and Helico breaks this up. Darius saves Dante from being German suplexed off the apron onto the outside. Top Flight takes flight. Hit the hybrid two with a to Tope, Suicida, and Con Hero respectively. Frog Splash by Dante. Evans able to kick out at two. Evans manages to take Darius out, leaving Angelico and Dante in the ring. Navarro Death Roll, I believe this move is called, uh, gets Dante to tap here with a leg submission. TH2 continues to assault Top Flight after the bell. Young Bucks run out to clear the ring. Great match. Uh, we don't get enough TH2. I think I say that every time uh, they wrestle on Dynamite. JR throws to Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose backstage. Vicky talks over footage of Brandy being attacked backstage last week. Vicky says if Brandy needs help dealing with her current situation to call her. Then her and Nyla laugh. Uh, I would prefer Nyla take center stage on stuff like this, for better or worse, if talking isn't working out, which it hasn't always in the past, then via her actions. Um, get creative with it. I feel like I don't know her character as deeply as I do even, like, John Silver now, after the last few weeks. Nyla Rose is just a, a wrecking machine. Yeah, we get it, but also lost the belt and has lost her contendership. Uh, at least a time and again here. Not really a threat. And now Vicky Guerrero is the mouthpiece and Nyla's just not delivering on. I, we just need something more out of Nyla here. Um, as as one of the top, let's say, five women in the AEW right now. Uh, FTR video package. They're fuming over losing. This was great. I didn't write a lot of notes about this. Uh, but it was very quick. And it was very concise. And for, for guys basically talking about like, hey, we talked loads of shit. And then lost uh, the belts at a, at a pay-per-view. Th this seemed like a really good, like, uh, credible. Uh, so Cash and Dax uh, take turns cutting a promo here. Dax says, for three seconds, the Bucks were the best tag team in the world. Three seconds. You beat Jesse James. That doesn't make you as bad as Jesse James. Of course, referring to the fact that Jesse James was shot in the back, famously. Uh, Tully talks destiny about him and, his, uh, and this tag team FDR. Like I said, great, quick concise promo package you know exactly what FTR is planning to do what they where they have their sights set on uh great stuff Jericho and Hagar versus SCU Kazarian and Daniels uh Jericho and Hagar enter to a chorus of Judas the entire breath of the inner circle is present that's Sammy MJF Wardlow Santana and Ortiz in addition to Hagar and Jericho in the match uh they jot the baby faces at ringside and grab their positions to watch uh Jericho and Daniel start this one off soon we swap in Hagar and Kazarian Hagar beats Kazarian down into the corner 
lifts him and gets lit up with some right hands, gets a tag to Daniels, who manages to get the uh, better of Hagar here. A 50-year-old Jericho is tagged in and lands a massive clothesline on Daniels before chopping him to bits in the corner. Jericho tags in Hagar, who cuts off Daniels' retreat. Kazarian lies in wait for the hot tag. Some shenanigans uh, from the inner circle as Hagar temporarily distracts referee Aubrey Edwards. Jericho tagged back in. Stalled vertical suplex on Daniels. Jericho strikes the John Silver pose. Irish whip back elbow lion salt, but nobody's home as Daniels is able to roll away. Daniels crawls for his corner. Jericho drags him back to the opposing corner and tags in Hagar. Hagar with a I knee, I put my knee on your back and then punch you in the ribs offense here. Kazarian eventually tagged in opposite Jericho. Landing a beautiful leg drop uh, on a prone Jericho here. Kazarian rolls out of the ring to assault the inner circle. He and Daniels then tag team attack Jericho with a foot stomp. There's a suicida in here. Uh, Hagar gets tagged back in. Daniels lands a flatliner and lays him out. SEU in good shape here. Moonsault on Daniels 1-2. And Jericho breaks this one up. Audrey distracted. Misses MJF hitting Daniels with a diamond ring loaded punch. Judas effect from Jericho. And apparently still the legal man. Hagar pins Daniels 1-2-3. Dynamite needs more Kazarian. Uh, in this case, Kazarian sucker punches MGF and the entire inner circle jumps he. Uh, and an already down Chris Daniels after the match here. Scorpio Sky appears with a gun and fires it once into the air. And the inner circle retreats. No, wait. He appears with a chair and waves it and drives off seven wrestlers. Uh, I don't entirely buy this. There's not enough of a threat from one guy with a chair. Smother him with bodies and he can't really do much with that chair now, can he? Uh, it's worth noting that the inner circle only attacked after the bell because Kazarian threw a punch. It's just worth worth mentioning. Inner circle was just fine to celebrate their win, uh, but Kazarian wanted won his receipt. Uh, Kip Miro Penelope in a cool E3 booth. Uh, best way I can describe it. About to start their new video game feature. Thankfully, Orange Cassidy appears and turns off their Xbox Series X. What's the big deal? Kip and Miro chase him outside of their trailer and are jumped by the best friends. They brawl in the trailer area. The segment mercifully ends with Miro grabbing the camera POV and screaming, You're in the way. If the gimmick is to be shitty Twitch streamers, then just go all the way with it. Uh, this 50-50 pro wrestling and video gamer gimmick is just not, not fucking doing it for me. Uh, I like everybody involved here. I like the best friends. I like Orange Cassidy. I like uh, Kip, Miro, Penelope. Well, I don't know that I like Miro. I like Rusev, and I like the the real-life man, or at least as he depicts himself on reality TV and outside of the pro wrestling world, but as far as the Kip-Miro partnership goes here, it's, it's you know, it's the B-plot. It's the C-plot of Dynamite and the video game thing. I don't get it, man. It's, it's not enough of a... It's not enough of a... Not a parody is the word I'm looking for, but... A send-up of, of the, the thing they're trying to do. It comes off too fake. It comes off... Like, it... It comes off like something that, like, Vince McMahon would come up with. Like, a 70-year-old man would be like, What are they doing on the internet? Kind of thing. Uh, and so I, I feel just go all the way with it. Have him wearing a headset. Have him and Miro, like, landing or playing... Uh, like, literally playing a video game. Not a weird arcade stand-up. Just video gamer in name. I don't know. Uh, you can disagree with me, but... Yeah, Whatever. Uh, up next, we have Moxley and Omega. The contract signing. Two weeks in the making. Uh, flashback to last week. A bloodied Moxley lays in the backstage area. Tony Schiavone in the ring wearing pink pants. Kenny with his extended entrance. Omega posing in the tunnel. Suddenly, Moxley appears. He decks Omega from behind and tosses him into the ring. Moxley lays the championship belt in the ring. Steps on Kenny's uh, hand as he reaches for it. Moxley hits the paradigm shift on Omega right on top of the championship crest. Moxley accuses Kenny of putting the hit on him. Thought Kenny was looking for a fair fight. 
The only way Kenny can become champion is to dig deep into his guts and find the Omega everyone thinks he is. On December 2nd, one week from today, the two best wrestlers on the planet will fight for the AEW Championship. God, I love this, Moxley ex exclaims. Uh, this is not a game, this is not a joke. When you come at the king, you best not miss. I don't take prisoners. Steady your hand, aim, and take your shot at me, because you're only going to get one. An intense John Moxley here signs the contract, says thank you to Tony, uh, very courteously, and exits the ring. What will happen next week? I have no fucking idea. This is great. <laughs> like, Mo I don't want Moxley to lose the title yet, but also Kenny, to become the Kenny he needs to be, has to get this fucking championship belt. So, I'll be watching. Maybe not on the night of, but I'll be watching. Uh, back from commercial, Jericho and the Inner Circle threaten SCU for what they did to MJF. JR throws to a video package of Sheeta versus Anna J. John Silver and two other Dark Order goons appear while Sheeta makes her entrance, one failing to conceal a kendo stick. This match begins with a shoving match. Anna counters a knee and gains the upper hand on the champion outside the ring, laying in massive shots on the barricade and apron. We had, oops, head to picture and picture. Knock on wood. Uh, Anna J asks Ty Conti for a chair. Conti refuses to give it to her. She pulls the chair out from the under the side of the ring and then refuses to give it to her. Anna Jay picks up the chair right in front of the ref, who takes it and then scolds Conti. With the ref distracted, Silver tosses Jay a kendo stick to whack the champion. Sheeta kicks out at two. So that was a waste of time. Uh, Sheeta with a suplex and a forearm shot. Another knee to the face of Anna Jay and the champion retains with a pin. Weird overbooked distraction spot with the chair in my opinion. Uh, but a good, albeit quick, showing of the champion's strength here at the end. Explosive strength. She limps up the ramp and almost escapes without being attacked. But, uh, Abaddon's music hits. A bleeding Abaddon crawls from down the ramp. Uh, grabs the AW Women's Championship that Sheeta dropped, I guess, in her retreat. Uh, she licks it. And the camera cuts to a terrified Sheeta, and that's it. That's, uh, uh, Abaddon is, is a character that is... Like, in terms of people doing the freak show gimmick, the wrestler, it's like, I it's upsetting to even look at you. Uh, Abaddon's the best example of fucking that I've ever seen. And uh, apparently quite a good wrestler as well. Very rarely seen on Dynamite. Uh, caught, a, caught a match here or there. And then, of course, on uh, Dark, I believe Abaddon makes regular appearances. Uh, so that's next, I guess. Sheeta and Abaddon. Does anybody think Abaddon is winning the AEW Championship? I don't think so, but maybe we can get a good match out of it. Uh, Matt Hardy in a suit backstage. If he can survive 2020, so can you. Video footage of him murdering Sammy in that garage again with a chair, which is just awful, and they keep showing it. Winter is coming. Jericho versus Kazarian one-on-one, -on -one, which is apparently the first time this has ever happened, and that will be great, because Kazarian is the fucking man. Darby Allin and Cody Rhodes versus Starks and Hobbs. We cut quickly to a promo. Starks cuts a promo in a hotel banquet room flanked by uh, Cage and Hobbs. Just just muscles. Just like Starks in the middle and then just two brick shithouses on either side of him. Uh, explains that they uh, like it here in AEW, but uh, Cody's paper-thin ego is driving them wild or something like that. Talks about how Cody has made it personal to Team Taz, mentioning Hook earlier tonight. Good luck on this group of boys. Great promo by Starks. We're also going to have Britt Baker versus uh, Hirsch next week. Uh, Moxley vs. Omega, of course, this is the 18th time they've mentioned it. Uh, be there, December 2nd, 2020, on TNT. Your main event, Butcher and Blade vs. Pac and Phoenix. Penta hanging out as well. Butcher and Blade strike Death Triangle as they pose on the ramp. Wild action, everyone downed on the mat as we head to Picture in Picture. 
Kingston on commentary. I was listening to this with low volume and couldn't really hear him until now. His his volume was pod a little low. Uh, Pac and Blade, the legal men. Pac with a flurry of moves and a bridging pin attempt for a near fall. Pac to the to top rope and whiffs the shooting star press, manages to recover, and sprints at Blade and eats a power slam. Butcher tagged in, tosses away his elbow pad, and turns Pac inside out with a lariat for a near fall. Tag team maneuvers from Butcher and Blade have Pac dead to rights. Phoenix breaks this up with a dropkick at the last possible moment. Blade tries to get Pac up. Pac slips free of an Irish whip. He and Phoenix uh, feed Blade some super kicks. Eddie runs to the ring and dumps Phoenix as he climbs to the top rope. Pac indisposed outside of the ring. Butcher and Blade pin Phoenix and win this one. Holy shit. Our boys, Butcher and Blade, pinning Ray Phoenix. Death Triangle is beaten after the match. The bunny tosses a chair into the ring for Eddie, who lifts Pac and DDTs him onto it. He does this once more, and he goes for a third, but Lance uh, Archer's music hits. Informing everyone that they are about to die. Uh, he crossbodies Blade over the top rope and into the ring. This looked like a, a glitch in WWE. It looked fucked up. It was awesome. Um, Lance fires up on Butcher. Eddie assists here and they daze Archer for a moment. This is an all-out brawl now between Eddie, Butcher, Blade, Death Triangle, and Lance Archer. Jake the Snake's hanging out too. Uh, the go-home angle for the next week's Omega and Mox match is Lance Archer and Eddie Kingston in a stare-down. Seems like this couldn't have happened uh, for literally no reason, which makes me think it factors into the Moxley attacked backstage angle, which is maybe the story for the next few months leading into February. Uh, my dream booking scenario here is that we have Archer looking to cost Moxley the match next Wednesday, being the one who attacked him from a week ago. Eddie perhaps comes to the aid of his once friend, and we set up a larger program uh, for those three men. With or without Kenny. Kenny could become the champion and spin off into his own. Moxley could do this other program and come back and challenge in February and win it. I am basing everything off the fact that Moxley is now having a child at some point down the road here. So having Moxley hold this belt for a couple more months... Uh, you you wouldn't want him to win it back and then have to take maybe a month off or something like that kind of thing. So I'm, I'm thinking that factors in. And the, the scene with Eddie and Moxley earlier uh, just was for no reason... Uh, otherwise, that, that Moxie would approach this guy and be like, ah, Eddie's immediately like, you you know I didn't do this to you, kind of thing. So what what was that all about? Um, sometimes you, it, it's exactly what it looks like, just filling time on a wrestling show. Other times I'm like, I wonder if this has something to... Why would they... Anyways, uh, that's the show. In terms of ratings, of course, the... Pre-Thanksgiving curse hit AEW Dynamite. They lost uh, in total viewership to NXT by like 2,000 viewers or something silly. It was like 712k uh, to 700k or something like that in viewers. Uh, wild stuff. But uh, NXT put on a pretty solid show last week too. They had that, that create, was a ladder match last week or was that two weeks ago? Uh, but, you know, they're kind of betting everything on this Winter is Coming show in two days. So check it out. There's some good matches on there. And Moxley and Omega should be enough to... They should do that in the second hour, I guess, right? Like, don't close the show with that. Uh, people are, are saying this could go to a draw. I don't know that needs to happen. I don't know if a Moxley match needs to go to a draw, in my opinion. I think it should have a decisive winner after 30 minutes at, at most there. And that's nothing against John Moxley. I just think his intensity doesn't... Uh, yeah. That's, that's, what, that's my opinion. Anyway, uh, who do I personally want to win? I want John Moxley to win. I want John Moxley to be this like super dominating champion, uh, and and maybe he doesn't drop the belt until he takes his leave uh, to, to be a dad, and maybe even then he doesn't lose the belt. I don't know. Like, 
this guy's got so much momentum with this thing, and I and no doubt he he you know will continue on with great programs after he he eventually inevitably drops it because people like Kenny Omega need to go on a tear with this thing as well. But that's my two cents on that. At Tits Iceberg is us on Twitter. Leatitsiceberg.com is my uh, email address. You can leave a question, topic, whatever, anywhere you see this posted. If it's interesting enough, we won't mention it on the show. Look for Public Beta Podcast coming up this Wednesday. Me and Reed talking about video games. And that's going to do it for uh, this week. And that's going to do it for the Sultans of... Slam!